Hello and welcome to Creating Confident Communication. And today I'm absolutely so excited to have Jacob Guy. Jacob Guy was born at a very young age in Northern Utah. He loves volleyball, ice cream and jokes and the word whimsical. He's working on finishing up a degree in English at Weber State University with plans to become a New York Times bestselling author and professional speaker. He's won a number of writing competitions and published short stories that have been read in all 50 states and 180 countries. He speaks to teenagers on suicide awareness and prevention and loves helping people discover their worth. And I am so happy you're here today, Jacob. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Talia. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. How are you doing today? I'm doing so good. And I'm just thrilled. From the moment I met you, you had this positive energy and fun sayings and just like (laughs) desire to share happiness and joy with people. And I don't know if you've always been told that or if that's just one of your talents, but I'd love to hear about you. Oh, well, thank you so much for saying that. I'm glad that it comes across that way. I hope that it's not like too sunshiny and bright, you know, like like a retina burn from the positivity. I hope it's a healthy amount. Um, yeah, I feel like that's always been something that's been important to me and something that I've tried to live by. I've always been, um, yeah, I've always tried to be a light and to try to uplift other people. Whether or not that has actually happened is a different question, but the intention has always been there, yeah. Well, I loved when I was reading this because uh, to me, I'm like, wow, he probably already is going to be that New York Times bestseller and amazing speaker because I know you've been working on a lot of things with your business and your speaking. And I'm just excited to hear, you know, what what got you excited about speaking and sharing? And would you be willing to open up a little bit about your journey and your message and just tell us what got you on the path of being able to create confident communication and speak out to the world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like when it comes to speakers, um, there are always two different, you're either one of two speakers. There's either a speaker who never thought about it, never had any plans and just kind of got thrown into it. And then they didn't really have a choice. They were forced to become a speaker. And I feel like on the other side, there are speakers who have known that they've wanted to do it forever and they felt very called to it and very, it's been like a mission that they feel like they have to fulfill. And for me, I feel like I fall into that second category. Ever since I was young, I've always wanted to do something with speaking. Um, I remember when I was in eighth grade, I listened to a speaker and I just walked away feeling like, yeah, this is exactly what I want to do. And I feel like I could be pretty good at that. And so that's always stayed consistent. And I don't feel like that's ever really gone away. Um, As far as like what I've wanted to speak about or what my message has been, um, I've kind of gone back and forth. And I don't feel like I really got that nailed down until recently. Um, Actually, last year in October, um, it was just a really interesting time. Last year in October, um, I had I heard of seven people who had tried taking their life. Um, for the most part, they weren't people who were directly connected to me, but I had like a coworker whose daughter took her life. Um, I had a friend whose mom took her life. Um, it just felt like so much was going on. And there were so many people who felt like they weren't able to cope with their circumstances and they were just suffering in silence. No one had any idea that they were hurting and that they were struggling. And um suicide has always been something that has hit home for me. That's always been relevant. And so, especially in October of last year with all of that going on, I just felt like um, I want to do something to help out with this. And I feel like I need to do something to help out with this. Um, And I wasn't sure what that journey would look like. Um, So I was actually going back and forth last year. Um, I'm in school right now. I'm majoring in English. And I thought about maybe changing changing my major to social work and then yeah, going that route and focusing more on social work and helping people um, with suicidal ideation. Um, 
But after a series of existential crises, I decided to stick with English. Um, and yeah, so now my focus moving forward is to um, become an author and to write and also to speak with a special emphasis on suicide awareness and prevention and to help people stay tethered to life even when they're dealing with challenges and difficulties. Wow, it's beautiful. So do you mind opening up? You had said that you've had some struggles and some discouraging times in your life and what, uh, why you feel called to share and help people. What's been your own personal struggle? Yeah, so looking back, it's crazy to talk about it now, but um, for me, I was actually suicidal almost constantly for more than a decade. Um, growing up, um, it's so funny. I remember very clearly, it was probably my sophomore year or junior year of high school, um, and I had struggled with suicidal thoughts almost constantly. And I remember thinking, um, these are just teenage hormones. Like, eventually, this is going to go away. This is just part of growing up, right? Like, everyone has ups and downs, and this is natural. I'll just go out of this. And I remember that those feelings of darkness and depression and suicidal ideation um, stayed with me when I graduated high school. I did a year of college. I lived in Mexico for six months, and they never really went away. Um, and so after that, once I started realizing that maybe this is something more and maybe there's more to the story, um, I started looking into it more. I started going to therapy and meeting with a counselor. I started taking medication. Um, and yeah, I feel like it's been a bit of a journey for me, but I'm in a very good and a very healthy spot now. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where we're at. You know, that's amazing. I find it interesting because I feel like this is something people aren't talking too much about. Yeah. Um, I had an experience just um, a friend was telling me actually that she was helping grade some papers for school and there was a cute, it was like about math problems and they had to tell stories and the math problems. But the stories was about a little duck and the little duck was um, different than some of the ducks. And there were different, there were different things that were said, but basically that the, that the duck was working through some mental health issues. Mm -hmm. yeah. And this is just a little story from a young child. And I thought, you know, there are so many of us that are trying to work through our thoughts and our emotions and the feelings and the things that are coming, you know, coming up. And it's even in our children mm -hmm. and our youth. And so I find it amazing that you, that you want to, and especially you said your title is being tethered to life. Is that what I heard you say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. What does that mean to you when you say you want to help people become tethered to life? Yeah, so this idea of tethering, like if you think about um, the word tether, it basically means to be attached or connected. And so I feel like a lot of the time when people are struggling with difficulties, especially with mental health concerns, they're feeling very untethered. They don't really feel like there's anything connecting them or attaching them or keeping them in place. Um, and so the idea with being tethered to life is finding ways to create, I call them life tethers, um, and basically just find ways to attach yourself to being alive. And so um, we can do that through relationships with our family and friends. We can do that with our goals, through challenging ourselves, through finding opportunities. Um, but yeah, ultimately, the goal is to find ways to stay tethered to life and to essentially, you can like almost picture like a string between you and your life. And so then even when those difficulties come and they start pulling you away, you still have that tether to keep you in place. I love that. Well, you know, I think it's interesting because for me personally, I don't know how much you know, but I went into the realm of trying to learn about my brain. So for mm -hmm. so long, I had done a lot of different work. I had, I did re reflexology, right? I taught that for about four years at a college. And I 
Um, what brought me into more of a natural world of healing was because I was finding good health, good healing and help here um, with the Western side. But then I had a baby that was born that was super sick and they couldn't tell me why she wasn't eating. And so I kind of went to this natural side and realized there's a beautiful balance between both worlds. Definitely. But I think with, um, with doing that, I thought I had learned so many things for 10 years and I was able to help my, my sweet, she's now almost 11 year old in so many ways. She's so awesome. And she's fiery. She came into the world. (laughs) She's fiery. She takes (laughs) out her mom. (laughs) She is. Oh, she's fun. But I will tell you, um, she's been one of my greatest teachers, but when I started to learn about the brain and the way that the brain works and processes, I feel like there's a lot of ways that we can help with that mental health through my coaching processes and stuff. So I'm curious, um, when you're speaking to people or when you want to help people, because you, you've told me you love reading, you love diving in, you've learned so much over the journey. Like what tips or tools would you share today? If you were going to give a couple people just some hope, you know, what would you say to, to the one who was like you that felt like maybe this was normal and this was just part of life? Like what tools can you share or tips can you share with us? Golden nuggets <laughs> that we can glean <laughs> the from golden you nuggets. to move forward. Yeah, um, I guess just briefly, um, we can talk about, I have an acronym that I like to share. It's the acronym LIFE. And so um, there are four life tethers um, based off the word life. And so the first one is to let go. Um, When it comes to our self-worth, for the most part, people tend to base their self-worth off of external circumstances. For example, have you ever posted on social media and then all of the comments and likes start flooding in and you feel pretty good about yourself. You feel pretty happy and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm pretty amazing. And then a few days pass and then that starts to fade. And then you feel like I need something to fill me up again. And so you post again and then that cycle repeats. Um, or sometimes it's receiving compliments from other people. If other people are building you up, then you feel like, you know what? I, I care about myself. I'm doing it pretty okay. Um, but then eventually there comes to a point where those aren't flooding in. And so then you have to go somewhere else to find it. And it's this constant idea of looking and searching. Um, and so this idea of letting go is creating a sense of self-worth that isn't dependent on external circumstances, but is 100% internal. Um, I think about it, it's almost like the difference between a water bottle and a drinking fountain, right? If you have a water bottle, that water bottle is great when it's full, but the moment it runs out, you have to go somewhere else to refill it, Um, right? And so it's the same idea with our self-worth. For the most part, people tend to have a water bottle approach when it comes to their self-worth, right? Like this is great when I have it um, and I'm doing all these things to fill it up, but I constantly have to go um, in search of filling it up. I constantly have to find a way to refill it once it empties. Um, we can compare that with a drinking fountain, which is more like the moment that you need it, it's available, right? You just press the little button and you have water and it's great. And that's ultimately the goal with our self-worth is that um, we become so connected with who we are um, and what we're here to do that whenever we do need that boost of self-worth and we're wondering, maybe we're unsure about our confidence, um, we have that knowledge inside of ourselves to tap into um we don't have to be relying on external resources because we've built an internal reservoir that we can draw from that's so cool so letting go was the first one did i hear the second one yeah so um the second one is i which stands for inscribe who you want to be um the word inscribe means to um to write or to carve on something especially as a formal or permanent record um 
And so this idea of inscribing who you want to be, um, I read a book, Incognito by David Eagleman. Have you ever read it before, Talia? It sounds super, super familiar. Kind of remind me again. Mm. It's this really interesting book. It's written by, um, I think it's a neuropsychologist and he talks about um, different processes of the brain. Right up your alley. You would love it, Talia. Yeah, it feels familiar. I've, I want to read it if I haven't, but keep going. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, so in that book, he talks about how there's a difference between our conscious brain and our subconscious brain. And he compares it to um, back when people thought that the earth was the center of the universe, right? They thought that this earth is everything and like there can't be anything that exists outside of that. Um, and so it was ground shaking when people realized that the earth is actually just one small portion of this huge scheme that's going on around us. And so in the book Incognito, David Eagleman compares that to our conscious and our subconscious and how our conscious mind is just this tiny piece that exists with the whole subconscious that's going on all around us. And so um, with this idea of inscribing who we want to be, um, I don't want to take up too much time, but something that it's I talk about plenty is, of time. Keep going. Um, We're okay. If you want to just, well, just give us the sum of what the I is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some gold nuggets to keep going. I guess I'm looking at it going, I want to hear all of them. We'll just be really, <laughs> we need all the so nuggets. We know that the L was let go. And then what what again for the I with a great tip? And then we'll have to read the book and learn more and come and hear you speak because it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So the I stands for inscribe, this idea of inscribing who you want to be. Um, and basically working backwards and through your conscious mind, um, influencing the subconscious, because normally the subconscious will influence the conscious. Um, but with inscribing, we can actually work backwards. So with our conscious mind, we can influence the subconscious and have it work for us instead of working against us. So one small tip with that would be to do their writing or to put who they are and start to focus on that. Is that what I'm hearing you say? And to become who you who you desire and believe and repeat it. Cause that's how I got to a space in my life mm-hmm. to not gain back my weight and be able to start to love myself. I remember I had to look at one eyebrow at a time. I didn't love anything about myself, but I had to find mm-hmm. one thing that I liked about myself. And then from there, now I can look in the mirror and love myself. And if with flaws and weaknesses and weight and everything, but it comes from what you're saying becoming who I said I wanted to be and believing that. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's this idea that sometimes our subconscious is wired in a way that is not helpful to us, um, right? Some of us have subconscious beliefs that we aren't worthy of love or that um, we're never going to amount to anything or that people don't actually care about us. Um, And so what happens is that subconscious will start to spill over into our conscious. And so we have those intrusive thoughts of, you know, no one cares about me. I'm not worth it. Those kind of things. Um, And so, yeah, once you start doing like you talked about, like whether it's just recognizing one eyebrow that you appreciate, just those little baby steps, um, what we actually start doing is planting ideas into our conscious mind and that spills over into our subconscious. And so then over time, that subconscious shifts and changes and so that it's working for us instead of against us. I love it. All right. What's the F? You're on fire. F, fire. (laughs) Fire. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So the F stands for fueling others. Um, So yeah, with being tethered to life, it's really easy to feel... um, just in our day-to-day life, I feel like everyone has different challenges and difficulties that they're going through. And so it can be pretty easy um, to feel like our challenges and experiences are all encompassing and there's no escape from them. But I think as we focus on fueling others, then we start creating so many life tethers and we start investing in other people and we really start to figure out who we are and what we want to do. 
Oh, I love, love that. I couldn't agree more because that's what I found is I've had different coaches over the years that one, one, especially my um, coach, Steve, he always talks about being the number two and he'll say, Mm -hmm. you know, looking out for that other person, always trying to, you know, reach out and don't get in that comparison. And and really, truly from the gift of what you're saying, I have seen it just come and fold, like the give cycle and receive connecting with people. It's just been a beautiful gift. I couldn't agree with you more. Agreed. And I feel like you're so good at that, Talia. I've noticed that you're so good at fueling others and investing in other people and helping them to feel good about themselves. You do that quite naturally, my friend. Oh, you know what? Thank you. I I really do believe the more that we give out, the more comes back. Um, Mm -hmm. I used to have a quote or a saying, the more, um, well, I honestly would just say the more of God's children I can bless, the more I can help, the more they bless my own children. Because yeah. I I just, I'm, you know, what what is it they always say? There's a village or, a, you know, there's so many people and my kids may not want to hear me, but they might listen to so-and-so who says the exact same thing mm-hmm. in a different way. <laughs> Someone else and, will carry the torch for the time. Yeah. Being. So it's just that beautiful, you know, when you, when, and it was interesting when I met you, it was like, you, you wanted to be on the podcast. I'm like, yes, this, you've got passion and fire and you've got a great message. So I really wanted you to share. So um, what what's the E that you get to leave us with? So the E stands for embracing help. Um, I feel like something that I've concluded is um, as a society, we've involved to believe that we can't ask for help and that we have to put on a show that we're okay. And I almost wonder, this is just personal speculation, but I wonder if part of that um, almost comes back to like survival of the fittest. Like you think about humanity, like since the beginning of time, um, humans have had to be able to essentially like prove that they can contribute and that they can help out, right? Like um, in the ancient times of people hunting and gathering, like if you couldn't hunt, if you weren't able to contribute, then you wouldn't last very long, um, right? And so there was this idea of, I have to surround myself with people who are going to help me to survive and I have to be able to prove that I can survive um, or I'm going to be left behind. It's not going to work out. And so I think in some ways we almost have that same ideology going on where we still feel like I have to be perfect and I have to prove that I can survive and I can contribute because if I don't, then I'm going to be left behind. There's still that same kind of mindset. And so um, I think one of the biggest ways that we can become tethered to life and become tethered to other people is allowing other people to see our brokenness and not feeling like we have to hide it or avoid it. Um, I'm coming to believe that life is so much less about avoiding brokenness and so much more about harnessing it, um, finding ways that we can use it to help other people and also um, also develop ourselves and become better people. You know, I, I love everything you've shared. The last one, I think, was my one of my favorites because personally, and I know you can share, you've probably been there, but I... I got to a space of complete humble in my life several times. Um, right before my daughter that I just talked about, she mm-hmm. uh, before I got pregnant out of the blue, I had her seven years later almost. And my husband had fallen off a ladder months before. Oh, and he, really? couldn't, he couldn't walk. And he seriously was is one of the most ambitious people I know. And at the time we had had a farm. I've opened up about this story, but we had a farm and I didn't know anything about it. We were just wannabes, city kids trying mm-hmm. to have a little farm here for our kids. <laughs> and it got to a space that he couldn't do anything except for be like, hey, go, did you get the horses, the Bella? Hey, did you get the cow? And and I was just like dying. And I remember someone, I just opened up a little bit that I was trying to build this like pig pen. And I had some neighbors show up 
And we had some of the most beautiful experiences letting them come and help us. And some kids in our neighborhood came and we just, they had screenshots and they were playing and there was birds and squirrels and <laughs> rats from the farm. And cause we have sheep next door. And these are memories by letting people in and allowing them to help us were the most humbling and uh, grateful memories I can share. And I think, and I can't even remember where I just heard this. I want to say within the last week, but we can give and give, but it this cycle that this beautiful um, circle is what I want to call it of this give and receive. If we won't allow ourselves to accept help and service from other people, we almost stop the flow. Yeah. And so I just loved what you were sharing about that, because if we want it to be a full circle where we can come back around the times that we're feeling, if there's anyone on this podcast today that feels like they've hit the low of lows, which I know I have. And Jacob, it sounds mm -hmm. like you have. I, I encourage them to say, who can we reach out as a lifeline, a lifeline or a resource? Because oftentimes I'll just start talking about something I'm working through. And ironically enough, someone else will say, oh yeah, I've had that struggle. Or yeah. I, have you noticed that once you just Definitely. start sharing, people will come into your world in that space that you said to just be open, just be real. People actually like us better when we're real. Yeah. <laughs> when we mess up, when we fail. And I just started calling these fails, Jacob. It's so cool. I'm calling them my unforgettable fails because <laughs> there are these wonderful fails that are making, that are helping me become so much better. Yeah. And they're not big, awful fails. They're unforgettable moments that are helping me become and create who I really am meant to be. Mm, I love that stepping stones. Yeah. yeah. So, did you have you know any other thoughts to that? I had one more question for you after, but any other thoughts on that before we move forward? Um, no, yeah, I totally agree. I feel like um, what you were saying about just being real and allowing people to really see us. I feel like right now it has never been easier to be fake. Like with social media and with AI and with technology, it's really easy to put on a show and to put on a mask. You can pretty much convince people to believe anything that you want to. It's not hard to do. But I think what people need right now more than anything is just real and radical authenticity, just very genuine and very real and very raw. I think um, people really long for that right now. And so sometimes that realness is maybe a little bit broken or maybe a little bit imperfect or maybe all the pieces aren't put together but i don't think people need that right now i don't think people need um people don't need loved ones who have everything figured out and who have everything put together i think people need others who they can relate to and who can um, support each other as they try to figure things out i think that's really what people need right now it's just um yeah just real radical authenticity mm -hmm. And you know what I love most about that is being a speaker. I've had some interesting things come up where it's like, and my coaching programs were my biggest fails or my hardest things. <laughs> I'm just real. Like it, it's happened on stage. I'll <laughs> bomb on something and I'll just, I mean, I shared with you, I'll just let uh -huh. go and I'll, I'll laugh and not put blame on people and go with it. And when we give permission to just stand in our, in our confidence and stand in whatever we're going through and just be real and open about it, people are drawn to that. So I absolutely love that you've shared that. And I really would love to ask one more question before we close, probably the most yeah, important question. I always like to say, you know, what would you, what would you say specifically to the one person that is in the same space that you were, if you could reach one, 
and help them, to save them, to pull them out of the dark pain and thoughts and cycle and misery that they're in where you've been, what would you say to the one to be able to help? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I feel like if I could say anything, I guess here's the deal. If you were to go back to December 22nd of 2021, um, if you were to walk up the stairs and open the bedroom door, um, you would find me curled up in the corner with a suicide note in one hand and the bottle of pills that I planned to overdose with in the other. And if I could go back to that moment, knowing what I know now and being where I'm at right now, um, I wish that I could give myself a hug, um, look myself in the eyes and say, look, I know that you're struggling right now. And I know that you're having a hard time believing it, but things really are going to get better. And I need you to keep going. And I think for anyone who's in that space where it just feels completely hopeless and they don't know if they can keep going, um, I promise you that your future self is going to thank you for pushing through and for continuing to persevere. I know that it's hard and I know that um, you're having a hard time believing it right now, but really, truly, things really will get better. And there are people who love you and who care about you and you aren't going to be alone as you continue moving forward. You are such a rock star. You know, I'm just so grateful for your vulnerability. And I know that there are people who are maybe currently facing what you were. And um, anyone that wants to get to know Jacob or book Jacob will put in the in the notes a way that you can connect. Um, do you have Facebook or social media, Jacob, that they can follow you? Yep. Yeah, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. If you just search Jacob Guy, I should pop up. Awesome. And I just want to say thanks for being vulnerable and sharing. I know you're not alone. And if 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 Jacob can work through and do what you've been able to do and now be able to be speaking and helping, especially like I know that you're excited to work with some youth and you've mm-hmm. just got some cool, cool things in the works. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for being here on the podcast to be able to create confident communication, to speak about the the hardest things that you know, they, for, for me, I never thought I would teach and speak about something that was such a trial for me. Yeah. And I don't know if you felt that same Definitely, way. Yeah. But I almost think that if you're working through it, like you said, giving hope to the one, that there is a way out, that your future self will help you, that you, you're going to be stronger because of it. Definitely. You know, that you're going to become stronger and, and there's only good from here, right? There's good on the yeah. way out. And when you've hit rock bottom, what do we say, Jacob? There's nowhere else to go but up, 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 (laughs) But up and up. Up and up. So when you're down at your lowest, it's only getting better from here. So I just want to thank you so much for taking time to be so open and share. And um, if anybody, you know, wants to reach out, please share this podcast. Please um, like it and, and do the reviews. We want to reach as many, as many as we can. And the truth is, I started this podcast to help people be able to feel like they had a voice, to share their trials, to share their words, to feel like they matter. And yeah. I'm just grateful that you chose to share, Jacob. Any last thoughts? Um, I just want to thank you, Talia. I feel like you're doing so many good things. And I know that I've been benefited from listening to your podcast. So just keep up the good work, my friend. You're on fire. 
<laughs> Thank you. And we love, love the acronym you gave us. So we're going to keep working. So again, we'll sum it up. What the L, the um, I, the F, and the E. Yeah. So the L, let go. The I, inscribe. The F, fuel others. And the E, embrace hope. I love it. I love it. Well, you are on life fire, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. Well, thank you, Jacob. We We will talk to you soon. And thanks again.